Hey, welcome back. Steve here. And today I'm talking with S.T. Rappaport, and she is a brain coach. Today we're talking about rewiring your brain to be more efficient and effective. Oh, so much to learn, and it's such a fun conversation. You're going to love it. Uh, by, by, by the way, have you gone to my website lately? Oh, it'd be so cool if you did. You know, there's several things you could do there. One of the things you could do is leave a review for the podcast. What do you think? How about five stars? That would be so nice. Uh, you could find past episodes that you hadn't listened to yet. You could check out my blog or maybe even uh, try out my free audio course on classroom management. Ah, so cool. Thanks for checking it out. You are awesome. Enjoy the show. It's the Education Podcast, your favorite show. With lots of groovy guests and they share what they know. So crank it up to 10 and let your neighbors know that here's another show with Dr. Steve Milletto. Teaching, learning, leading, K-12. Teaching, learning, leading, K-12. Teaching, learning, leading, K-12. Ah, ah, with Dot Steve Maletto. S.T. Rappaport is a brain coach. When she was in fifth grade, she still couldn't read properly. After endless hours of tutors that left nothing but high bills, it was time to take another approach. She found and focused on the core issue. As a result, her life improved, her confidence skyrocketed, and she grew her business and now saves 10-plus hours every week. Our focus will be rewire your brain to be more efficient and effective. We have so much to talk about, so much to learn. ST, glad to have you on the show, and say hi to everyone. Ah, hello. I am so excited to be here with you, Stephen, with everybody listening. This is so much fun. Well, it's, it sure is. And it's cool to have you on the show and I appreciate you reaching out to me and, and us making this work out. So this is, this is cool. Uh, so let's start by talking about, you call yourself a brain coach. What's a brain coach? Yeah. So I help you with your brain, right? To help you think more efficiently, more effectively, helping you really improve your 28 thinking skills. Very nice. Very nice. So, uh, um, so that means in a, in a, in a little bit, we're going to at least attempt to talk about a couple of those 28 skills because that's that's really cool there so uh um so in your intro i noted that you still couldn't read properly in the fifth grade could you tell us a little bit more about what was going on yes i was just your kid in school who just couldn't read properly i went through a lot of like testing and stuff i wasn't officially diagnosed with anything but just still couldn't read. i would go to like tons of tutors and nothing really helped so like you said eventually decided to solve that core issue and improve how my brain actually thinks and processes information. So when I went to start doing these sessions, we did nothing, absolutely nothing to do with reading. Everything just had to do with improving these 28 thinking skills. Very cool. So, uh, uh, you know, so one of the things that I, I told everyone as we were, um, as I was introducing you is that we're going to focus on re how, you know, you rewired your brain to be more efficient and effective. We're going to focus on that topic. All right. So tell me what has to happen in order to do this and why you would want to. Yeah. So the reason why you aren't being productive or you aren't being efficient and effective is different than the reason someone else is. What happens is there are 28 thinking skills, like we said the whole time, and each one of us naturally has some stronger ones and some weaker ones. But those weaker ones are making it a bit of a challenge for you to do the things that you want to do so you're not as efficient and effective. That's like in a very broad, but if we want, we could give some examples. Yes, let's do that. Let's yeah. Okay. So one super common one is if you ever have like a big task, this could be either yourself or kids that you work with, or like it's 
for them, it's like, it's a really big task. And you're like, oh my goodness, this is so hard for me. I just can't do it. Right. Like think of like a messy room, you know, you have to clean the playroom or like the messy bedroom. And like, it just never happens. Or you come back from vacation there's like 500 emails and you're like, I don't want to deal with this right now. Right. Because what's happening is our brain takes in information. And if it's not taking in the information in a clear and organized way, we just get overwhelmed and we just procrastinate and we don't actually do what we want to do. So this comes from that thinking skill of cold, clear perception of taking in the information in the clear way. So instead of learning how to clean up your playroom or the best way to answer emails, instead you learn how to take in the information in a clear way and then you could apply it to any area of your life. Very cool. So, and, and just a note, you hit the nail on the head when we talk about me and procrastination, because that's like, that should be my middle name. And uh, so, so when we, and just, and also, I, I think this will be a good spot. I got to say something about this right here. You have this really cool podcast and you go into these, you have little short um, episodes where you go into some issue or some thought about how you think. And so all that's missing right now is the music. So you know, for the listeners, they got to go listen because the music really fits well. And you would hear like what I'm hearing right now is as, as ST's talking, I hear the music happening in the background. Thank you, Steve. It's, it's cool. So it's, it's funny. I just noticed I'm like, well, that's, that's what's missing right now. So, um, so let's talk just a little bit more about this because, you know, when, you know, you talked about there's eight, there's, there's 28 points. Um, you know, one of the things that, uh, um, happens to us is that, you know, we, um, you know, let's just talk about, uh, procrastination for a minute. You know, one of the things with procrastination, a lot of times I think, you know, it's because, oh, it's going to take time. It's going to, you know, or it's, it's a, it's a giant hurdle that I've got to get over. And, you know, it really would be easier just to watch Netflix for a little bit or, uh, you know, or, you know, I don't know, do something else that I, <laughs> that I've been putting off too. Maybe I should do this instead. That tells you how big of a thing I'm avoiding if I decide to do something else I put off. Um, how, how can you, how can you just kind of teach yourself to stop doing that or to pay attention to when you just to like stop procrastinating and be productive. Right. Right. Exactly. I mean, it's like, (laughs) we all want that. So it's going to bring me back to what I said before, how every, the reason why you're not being productive is different than the reason why someone else is. So the first thing you want to do is identify which one of your thinking skills are weak. And there are two ways that I have to help you do this. The first one is over the course of the week, Every time you have something challenging, something's like a struggle, you find yourself procrastinating, take a moment to identify the specific reason to why you're procrastinating. Procrastinating. Is it because it's like way too much information, like we said before, overwhelm? Is it because like you don't know where to start? Maybe you don't know what the problem is. What is the specific issue that is making it hard for you to do the thing you want? Write it down. And then in the week, you're going to have a nice long list. Now, this list is not to like make you feel bad about yourself in any which way. This list is to give you hope because what you'll see is as you go through this list, there's a pattern. There's the same things coming on over and over and over again. Those are the things that you want to work on because those are your weaker cognitive functions. So instead of having to try to fix that whole list, find the pattern and just try to find a creative way to improve that thing. That's one way you could find your weak cognitive functions. The second way is by taking that cognitive function assessment 
I'm sure you heard of that at lifefixuniversity.com forward slash CF. And it goes through like all the 28 cognitive functions and you could just see really clearly because once you know, then you don't have to waste time on the cognitive functions that you're already good at, even though like we could always improve all of them, but you'll be very clear on like what specific things you need to do to help you become more productive. Excellent. I love it. If you want, we could like discuss like common ones and like ways that people could like improve those specific ones. Cause yeah. like we can't go through 28 in one episode, but <laughs> oh, come on. But uh, yeah, I think we, I... God, I'd love to, if you have 24 hours. <laughs> nice. Nice. <laughs> I, um, yeah. So let's, let's talk about something. Then we're going to come back to that because I think if you could give some examples, cause like, for example, I mean, like one of the things I've become good at is in my modern, you know, in the age that I am now is recognizing when I'm doing that. All right. I think when I was a, you know, as a kid and then when I was a teenager in college and stuff like this, you know, that I was, and then in my early twenties that I was not good at recognizing when I was putting things off and stuff as, as an adult, you know, I can't even say as an adult, as the age that I am now, I notice when I'm doing that. And I, I literally have to have a talk with myself and say, stop that. Now let's look at what, you know, it is that I got to get done. And then I focus more on trying to get it done. But, uh, um, you know, one of the things I want to make sure that we mention is that um, you're using the term cognitive function. So let's talk about what that is first before we go there. Yes, I'm sorry. You are correct. Cognitive functions are the 28 thinking skills. Um, I use them interchangeably. Um, Professor Ruben Feuerstein, the one that identified them, he called them cognitive functions. And but because it's like, a confusing word it's used in some other things like the myers-briggs test and things like that so sometimes they use um the thinking skills but they're essentially the same thing cool thanks i you know it's one of those one of those things i just want to make sure that we kind of stipulated what those what what you were yeah. referring to when we said that it's so. actually one of the cognitive functions one of the thinking skills are actually labeling and making sure people understand the right labels, right? Like, why is this called a pen? This is only called a pen because some random person made up it's called a pen, but we now all know it is called a pen. So it doesn't really make a difference what things are called as we all, as long as we all agree to that term and you can't communicate with other people. Um, so if we all agree it's called cognitive functions, it's cognitive functions. But if we say like, hey, we're not using that term because it's too confusing for other people, let's just call thinking skills. We could do that too. I think we'll call it cognitive function and because now we've agreed upon what it means. All right. Exactly. So which is cool. So, um, and before we go any further with that, I got to ask you, so how'd you get started in this? I mean, why'd you go into this direction to, to be able to help people? With yeah. This? So like you said in the beginning, when I was struggling with reading, this was the thing that helped me, um, improve like all areas of my life because we weren't just working on the reading. So like all areas in school got better socially confidence, like everything just got better. So, even at the age I knew I wanted to learn this, but I didn't realize like what sort of massive, like it would be my whole life. What happened was when I was 17, I started going training and it's like a couple of years of a process. Take training and you begin working and you take more training and do more working. And in, during that process, um, I took one of Tony Robbins courses, RPM course on like how to plan. And it's like planning, it's a cool course on how to plan based on motivation instead of your to-do list. Now, I problem was I couldn't really implement all of what he said because a big part of doing the course was being able to plan like six months, a year ahead. Now, at that time, I really consider myself a planner because I would plan my day every single day the night before. But just that, 
every single day the night before. I couldn't think beyond that point. So what happened was he was telling me like to plan six months ahead, but I was like too much in the today, maybe the tomorrow. And that's it. Right. Then a few months later, I took another one of the trainings that worked specifically on the cognitive function of categorizations. Now, being able to categorize goes both ways. It's being able to take like different things and categorize them, right? Like red, yellow, green, blue. But then the other way to like say like, here's a big group. How am I going to sort it? And then the small things. And how am I going to make it into groups? Like both ways, right? Now, being able to see all random things and putting them together in a group helps you see the bigger picture. It's part of that same that same thinking, right? Part of that thinking. So by improving the cognitive function of categorizations and being able to think bigger, all of a sudden now I was able to see the tree, the forest instead of the trees. I was able to plan six months and I was able to um, plan a year ahead. So I, then I went back to Tony Robbins course and I was now able to implement all the way. And I was like, there's a lot of people who are doing this method around the world for kids like in over 40 countries or with like elderly or people with special needs or like learning disabilities. And it's like, that's awesome. But there's not enough people doing it with like adults, high functioning people who are like running businesses, super capable. And when they improve just one cognitive function, it does like it changes all their whole life because there's like that one cognitive function that is just making it hard for them to do the things that they want to do. Not that they can't, but it's much more of a challenge. So that's when I got like extra passionate about it <laughs> and went all the way into this. <laughs> that's cool. That's awesome. That's uh, cause it, yeah, cause you definitely have this passion for it. Because I hear it now. If, if they can't hear it now, they actually have their volume turned off then. And, uh, and, uh, but listening to you on the podcast and such, it's all, all coming through live. So that's good stuff. I, you know, one of the, one of the things that, uh, um, I want us to talk about, let's, let's take a look at, uh, um, you know, the, the, some of these cognitive functions now. So can, can you kind of pull a couple of them? And like you said, we don't have time for all 28, but, uh, g- give me a couple of your favorites. Yeah. So I'm just going to go back to the one I said before about, um, being clear perception, because I know so many people have that one and you're probably like, how do I actually improve it? Um, of like, if you have too much to do and you're just like way too overwhelmed by a big task in front of you, there are, two things that I really like to do. Number one is we take in information through our five senses. That's how we actually bring the information into our brain. So if you could take a moment to ask yourself, like, what do I see? What do I hear? What do I smell? Right. Then you're calming your brain down by letting it take in all the information that it needs to take in. Then number two, what you do is instead of being overwhelmed by the whole task, just ask yourself, what is my starting point? Like literally don't think about the whole thing. You're cleaning the room, pick up the garbage. You're setting a table, put on a table cloth. Like don't get overwhelmed by the whole task, but just create that starting point. Um, So that's one cognitive function. Another cognitive function um, that's super common is, or like they're all really common, but that is defining the problem. A lot of times people love to take action and they jump into like solving the problem right away. Now I'm like all for taking action, but when you like spend two hours trying to fix a mistake and only to figure out you're fixing the wrong problem, no one likes that. <laughs> right? So oh, sometimes yeah. we just need to take a moment to ask ourselves, what is the problem? Right? A lot of things, times we're even if we are solving the problem, we're solving the symptom. We're not solving the real problem, right? Like someone has a headache and we just take Tylenol. Okay. But like, why are you actually having that headache? So if we could like take a moment to really identify that problem and solve that, then you save a lot of headache. 
That's excellent. That's, you know, and you just <laughs> identified two more that actually could be Steve. All right. So, you know, one of the, one of the things is, is, uh, um, I have to, I have to tell myself once again, I thought I, I wish I'd had this skill a long time ago, but, uh, over, over the years, it's kind of figured it out by, you know, trial by fire type thing, as opposed to someone kind of pointing it out to me, which is number one, um, starting to get overwhelmed. And instead of, uh, um, really kind of taking the problem and breaking it up. Cause this is what helps me now is like, I kind of go after the problem, break it down into smaller segments. And then I go after the different segments, um, at, at, you know, one after another until I get the big picture completed. Um, in the past, I just get more frustrated. <laughs> and, yeah, uh, exactly. That sounds like we said, like that clear perception instead, like you're honing in on that. That's awesome. Yeah. And then, uh, and then the other one, you know, it, like I said, this literally could be all about Steve because we got procrastination, we got the overwhelm, and uh, and then we got this 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 issue of uh, um, tackling the problem, just take it head on. Let's go. I got this. All right. And uh, and then you get kind of get into it and you go, uh, I don't got this. <laughs> you know. So, um, sorry for the bad English there, but uh, that's you know that's that's sometimes you have to be real with yourself and say. Yeah, I probably need to re- ask for some help now or something like that. So, um, can you can you talk to just a second why we might not ask for help? <laughs> I think I don't like have like a scientific proven thing for what I'm saying. Usually, what I like to say is like complete, like based on science and research. Um, but I think in general, it's like hard. Like I don't know if like ego is the right word, but like as kids, like we like to do things by ourselves. Right. And then like all of a sudden, like parents and teachers come in and all of a sudden we don't have that. So we, it's like, for some people it comes more in a sense of ego. Some people it's more of a sense of control, not a control of the whole thing, but a control over themselves and their situation. So I think it's a little bit more related to like an emotional, um, like perspective of how we see things, but it's just something that most people have a hard time with, honestly. Well, good. I appreciate you going there because that's just something that it, sometimes it just gets to the point where, and like I coach with, I work with people and I help them in their leadership positions and their, or their teaching positions and stuff like this. And sometimes you literally got to get them to step back and say, okay, you can get this. It's just that you're not, you know, you're kind of getting in your own way. And, you know, one of the things that you talked about is becoming more efficient at how we, um, how we address things. And so, uh, I appreciate you, you kind of go in there with me because that's one of the things that happens. Um, we can go a bit deeper if you want for I, a second. Sure. Sometimes, like, especially if you see it, let's say with kids or even adults, like with other people who, you know, they need help, but you can't, but they're not asking for the help. This is like a little bit on the other perspective. Um, people don't like being told what to do or like all of a sudden you're like, Hey, like, okay, I'm going to help you in here. Right. Like, it's like, again, like whatever the reason why they didn't ask for help, like all of a sudden you're bashing it. So what you could do instead is what we do when we work with clients, it's called mediation. We ask questions to help them come to that conclusion by themselves. So instead of like going like, Hey, like here, I'll help you and go and do this, like start a conversation about what's happening through asking them questions, right? And then they're going to realize like, hey, they need help. But it's not like in a like passive aggressive controlling way. It's like you actually care about them. And because of that, you're not just going to go and shove right in, go right into them. 
And that's really good, by the way, for the classroom also, or for whoever else you're doing. We need to do more of like the asking the questions instead of just like the straight up teaching. Like there needs to be a bit more of a balance of both. Oh, I like that because that, that really get, kind of gives a, a reason for being that way, you know, to, um, you know, to not be the other way, but to, you know, to, to try and get the students to, to, to figure it out or help them figure it out as opposed to you giving them the answer, I guess is my point. <laughs> yes, exactly. You help them figure it out. Exactly. Exactly. Good stuff. So, so let's take a couple look at uh, a little bit of a look at a couple of bigger topics. For example, the number one way to improve your focus without meds, exercise, or meditation. Could you talk a little bit about that? Why we lose yes, our focus? Yes, that's a whole conversation in itself. It's really cool, but basically... Um, the same part of the brain that's in charge of the sense of touch is also in charge of focus of like choosing to focus, not like focus when there's like an emergency and like you hear like a bang and you quickly focus, but like when you're choosing to like focus on a task at hand. Now what happens is we don't usually use our sense of touch because what's happening is you, most of the time you are touching something that you've already touched before and you are looking at it before you actually touch it. So if I look at my dress, I've touched this before. My brain sees it before my hand gets to it. I know what it feels like. So essentially you're looking with your eyes, not with your hands. The only time you're actually feeling using your sense of touch is like when you're touching something new or if it's like surprisingly wet and you didn't like realize it was wet or something. So that part of the brain is not very well developed. What we do is you could do this at home. I'm just warning you, your brain is going to hurt because you have literally not developed this part of your brain. You take away the sense of sight. You do blind, you blindfold your stuff and you feel things being blindfolded to develop that sense of touch. Um, so there are two things you could do. You could either just like have someone put like in a pillowcase or like a not clear bag, like random things in the house or around your classroom or whatever you're doing. And you're, you have to feel it being blindfolded. Now, the point of this is to get into the detail. So don't just like figure out what it is, but really try to describe everything that you're actually feeling, like the little details that are in there. That's one. Another thing you could do is with like puff paint, you know, like the paint that like yeah. dries hot, you could um, have like do it together with a partner or with like kids or whoever you're doing it with. Like you draw pictures for each other. Once it dries, then you have to feel it and describe it. Once again, this is about going slow and getting into all the details and actually fig- using that sense of touch to figure out what's happening in this picture. I love that. You know, it's funny when, what you're making me think about now is when I was a kid in, in the elementary school where I went, uh, very, at Halloween time, a very popular thing was to uh, um, have the kids go through this uh, little maze. And in the maze, you would be led by the, you know, the friendly ghost or whoever who was taking you through. And uh, they had uh, like a bowl of peeled grapes in there and a bowl of spaghetti and, you know, cold, wet noodles that had been cooked. And, and other things, and they would tell you, they would implant in your your thoughts that what you're getting ready to touch is like you know eyeballs or something like that. And it's you know, and it's and it's funny what you're talking about because once that is planted in you, even though what is this stringy stuff, <laughs> you know, and, and uh, whatever they've told you, uh, uh, suddenly you can't get it out of your brain, and it's like yeah. And, and I mean, I was very. This is probably third fourth grade and i still remember touching the eyeballs and the and the brains and the other stuff that we had and it was you know just common foods but ooh yeah it made an impact on me so <laughs> that's 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 interesting because yeah closing your eyes and then uh, or 
you know, sealing off your ability to see something and then touch it to understand uh, what it what it actually is or feels like. It's that's powerful. Uh, so let's talk about another one that I've heard you discuss, uh, something that you like to talk about. You're not lazy. The real reason you're procrastinating. So what is the reason that we procrastinate? We talked about this a little bit at the beginning. Why do we do that? Yes. So our naturally, we're not lazy people. Our brains conserve energy, right? Like if we want to go back to our old brains and they're trying to survive lizard type of brain, we conserve energy. We like the brain doesn't want to use energy on things that it doesn't have to use. When something is a challenge for you, your brain doesn't want to do it. So then you procrastinate on it. Now, why is one thing a challenge for you or for me? And it's not a challenge for somebody else. This goes back to what we spoke about in the beginning. One of the 28 cognitive functions. If any of the 28 cognitive functions are weak, it is going to be a challenge for your brain. And that is why your brain is not going to want to do it. As soon as you improve that cognitive function, it's not an issue for your brain to do it anymore. And you just go and do it with no issue. Very cool. Yeah, very cool. Because it, you know, it's like I, I was saying before, I've had to, I've taught myself to kind of pay attention to the signs. Uh-oh. Yes, here's the sign. I'm, I'm putting this one off. I keep doing that. Stop it. You know, and, um, you know, it's, 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 it's good to know that we can get control of that. So, <laughs> yeah, I always say the first step to improvement is self-awareness. So you've yes. got that. <laughs> <laughs> now, if I could just stop having to use the self-awareness because I'm, I keep doing the procrastination. So, but at least I got, I, I realize when I do it. So, uh, all right. So let's, let's kind of shift into your podcast now. Um, I'm a subscriber. I've listened to a bunch of shows now and, uh, and uh, to the audience, you gotta, you gotta listen to the music and, uh, and it just really fits well. And you'll see what I'm talking about. It's really kind of a snappy <laughs> tune that goes really well with how, um, uh, how ST emphasizes things and stuff like this. So I, you did a great job in picking this music because it really do, it goes well that way. So, so tell everyone about your podcast. I mean, how do you choose what you're going to talk about? I wish I had like a clear cut answer, but it's usually either what people like, I get a lot of questions from people. So I'm starting to see patterns. Let's talk about this. And sometimes it's just because like, Hey, this is a topic I want to talk about. So let's talk about it. I know that if I'm not like interested in it, then like, it's not going to come go over as well. So even though there's like endless amount of things to talk about, I have to be in the mood to talk about it at that moment. <laughs> Totally understand that. Sure do. Uh, um, so real quick, explain to them how they find it. Yes, it is available wherever you listen to podcasts and it's called Life Picks University. Very nice. So, uh, and it pops right up there. You put that ad, you put that, it, you start that a little bit and boom, it, it pops up. So Life Picks P-I-X. Oh, yes. yes. Your brain. Nice. I like that. So uh, um, we've got... Uh, you know, but we're getting closer to finishing up. But before we do that, if if someone wanted to, could just like they, they could find your podcast, if someone to learn more, where would you send them? Yeah, um, probably to start off with by taking the assessment at lifepicksuniversity.com forward slash CF. It's completely for free. It will take you less than 10 minutes um, and you'll just be able to really see where each one of your cognitive functions are. Very cool. They, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's cool thinking about this stuff because, uh, there's so many things that, uh, um, and, and I've focused on the things that kind of cause us issues <laughs> or cause me issues, you know, to, to me not efficient or to, to, you know, to, to, 
you know, to go after something and then realize, well, I should have, you know, I should have followed some instructions first or something. You know, I'm, I'm a, uh, I don't know if you've ever built plastic models. Um, I like to, to build, um, aircraft and stuff like this in them. And, uh, um, one of the things that's happened over the years is that a long time ago, you used to get these booklets, and the booklets would have all kinds of very specific information. Well, over the years, what they've decided, I guess, is that they need to save paper. So they, they come up with a big picture that has all these arrows pointing to it, and you have to know the symbols for glue, not glue. or and the, They have all these letters for the different color paint and stuff like this, and a lot of times my brain goes talk about overwhelm it goes oh this is, what the heck you know I'm, and and i have to either one of two things i'll either glue it wrong or if i just pull it apart focus on one little part at a time i'm much better <laughs> there you go exactly you got it so i'm a living breathing example now, on that by the way just just to like add usually i like to say the best time to improve your cognitive functions is not when you need your cognitive functions, because if you are trying to build your aircraft and you have that cognitive function that you're trying to improve of clear perception, you have like double pressure, pressure from improving the cognitive function and of building the aircraft. So if you could do like fun activities or just like things like out of your day, or even at times like where it doesn't matter if you mess up, right? Like doing that puff paint at times, like we're, you're just literally just spending time and doing it then because that cognitive function is improving when you actually matters you don't have to think about it and it just happens in place but until that happens you do have to like you will need to think about it while you do the aircraft but meanwhile if you do other things on the side it'll be a lot easier i like that cool and and that would save me from myself from a long time ago i if you there's a uh i don't know if you ever saw the original star wars movies but uh, when they came out lots of you know, models they produced then, you know, today you can buy new ones or replications of the old ones, but the X-Wing fighter, it was very simple, easy, I should say, to glue the wrong sides together. If you weren't paying attention and if you got into this state of overwhelm, because the instructions were such that it really looked like this one went to this one. And then you went, oh my gosh, I just glued the wrong, yeah, yeah, yeah got it. take it apart and... <laughs> And that comes from another cognitive function of being precise. Okay. Get taking in the precise information. See, whatever you're going to talk about, I'm just going to bring it back to cognitive functions. <laughs> Excellent. I love that. I love that. Because that's, uh, yeah, being precise is one of those things that can uh, trip me up every time. So, but uh, I, back then I've gotten a lot better. Join the club. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. I appreciate that. <laughs> All right. So uh, um, as we finish up here, I got two last questions I want to ask you, ST. And, the, and they're just questions I like to ask my guests. So the first one goes like this. How do you keep going when so much is going on that you may want to quit? I don't think I've ever had that feeling like of just wanting to quit. I, um, whether it's like in business or just like any area of life, like I have the mindset, like I am going to do it and there's no option. Like I recently, a few weeks ago, ran up my first marathon and like, I remember like there's like a middle, like people are dropping out and whatever. And obviously it gets hard at a certain point, but I never gave myself the option to quit. Maybe it took me a little longer than I thought it would take me. Fine. But I am not quitting. So when you don't give yourself that option, obviously this like has to be for things that like you want to do. I'm not like into like, yeah, quit bad things. But like <laughs> when you don't give yourself the option of quitting, then your brain finds ways to be able to make it happen. I like that. That's cool. That's uh, that's good advice because just get rid of that option. <laughs> Say, yep, yeah. not going <laughs> to do it. 
go away because we're going to get this done. Uh, awesome. <laughs> I, last question. Do you have a teacher in your past who made a difference in your life? If so, who was it? And what would you say if given a chance to say thank you? It's interesting because I didn't like most teachers. So any teacher that I did like did make an impact on me. I had four of them in my entire school year of thing and they each were special in their own way. I don't think I've ever actually specifically um, told them thank you, but maybe I should. The one thing that was common with all of them is that they all thought a little bit more creatively than like what the typical person does. So whether that is in teaching, whether it's in like disciplining, whether it's in like running their things, they're always a little bit more creative and caring specifically about the individuals instead of just the systems. So even though they had systems in place, they were able to find ways that they could um, care about the individuals. That's cool. That's uh, that's really awesome. And I, I hate the fact that you had some that you could care less about, but I think all of us have some of those too. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, it, there's, there's a specific sorry, one coming. I'm just being honest. Oh, that's okay. That's okay. Um, they, uh, but I appreciate you sharing that also because it's important to, to know and uh, and to think about and and what you liked about the ones that you liked, which is they were creative and how they handled things. So good stuff. Um, ST, it was awesome talking with you today. Thanks so much for uh, sharing about rewiring your brain and I uh, wish you the best in all you do. And uh, I am looking forward to the next episode of your podcast. So I encourage everybody to go there. So good stuff. Oh, thank you, Steve. This was fun. Hey, you have been listening to Teaching, Learning, Leading K-12, a podcast to help you help kids achieve their dreams. Teaching, Learning, Leading K-12 is a member of the podcast network based in Canada called Voice Ed Radio. Voice Ed Radio, your voice is right here. The opinions expressed on Teaching, Learning, Leading K-12 are those of the guests and hosts. Teaching, Learning, Leading K-12 is intended to share ideas, advice, and suggestions. Teaching, Learning, Leading K-12 is produced for educational purposes. Hey, thanks for listening. It would be awesome if you visited my website at stephenmaletto.com and connected with me, left a review, and listened to more episodes. And by the way, you could also share it with your friends, with your family, and uh, your colleagues. Thanks so much. You're awesome. <laughs>